0: Welcome to the Women of Wild podcast, where we explore what it means to be a woman. We will be discussing real life challenges from being a daughter, a wife, a mother, a single mom, and beyond.
1: We're two friends living very different lives. One is married with all girls. The other is divorced with all boys. We're perfect bookends to speak from opposite perspectives on all the things
0: Our mission is to search out the heart of a woman and to pour into you wherever you are with real life wisdom, actionable steps, and application of the topics we discuss to continue our self-development into a wild woman.
1: That is a woman of wisdom, impact, love, and dignity. So let's go.
0: Welcome back to Women of Wild. Today, we are going to talk about 10 things women need to change in our health and fitness. Honestly, I'm kind of anxious about this episode because this is an area I struggle in. This is not my strength, and it's hitting me very personally, and I am having a hard time. I don't put all these things into practice, and I know I should, and I'm stuck in that cycle, and I like to talk about things that I'm good at. And (laughs) So this is hitting me a little bit in that vulnerable place of we're giving out this episode, but it's not something that I am an expert at. Debbie is, and she is going to give us some great information in this. And it's really speaking to me and hitting me where I need to make some changes in my life. So if you are not excited about this episode either, (laughs) because maybe you aren't as healthy or as fit as you would like to be. Just know that I'm here with you and I am actually feeling really convicted and ready to make some of these changes, but I'm also nervous because I don't know if I can, and we're going to offer coming up a 10 day challenge and I don't, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to need the community in order to get through it because on my own, I know that I won't complete it. So I just want to encourage you, if you want to do this challenge or you're a little bit hesitant about it, just know that I'm going to need your encouragement just as much as you may need ours (laughs) because it's hard. It's hard to make changes. It's hard to do the things we want to do to get ourselves healthier. But I also know deep down that in 5, 10, 15 years, I want to be able to enjoy my life. I don't want to be 65 and stuck at home and unable to play with my grandchildren. (laughs) because I'm in too much pain or unhealthy in some way. So anyways, I just encourage you to keep listening and I'm excited to hear what we're gonna talk about today. But I just wanted to lead in with, I'm feeling unhappy with how I am physically right now and I have to dress up tonight and I was feeling (laughs) anxious about that. But I read something this morning that really helped me and I wanna share it with you. And it comes from this devotional that um, this woman Stacy Pardo and her daughter Becca wrote together she and her daughter it's a mother daughter devotional and even though my daughters are older I'm reading through it and in this um, first chapter it says don't choose the way you look based on feeling less than or comparing yourself to others do what you love embrace the way God made you you are free to be yourself and when you are yourself you bring a wonderful and unique gift to the world and I think that's was encouraging to me today. And not that I don't wanna improve in areas of my life physically, but I also can be happy where I am as I work to do that. So that's my little spiel for the beginning of this.
1: Thank you so much for your transparency. I actually am shocked, I am surprised by it. I didn't know that that's how you felt and that was your starting point. And you had made some comments and I took it as just, you know, jokes, but. I think a lot of us enter into this because women are, uh, there's a huge emphasis on our looks, on our level of beauty and what that even means. You know, what, what is the standard that we start with? What, what image do we hold out as a goalpost? Um, and I, I just wanna echo what you said is that beauty is not something that we create on the outside. What we're trying to do is be healthy beauty starts on the inside. And I'm, a, I'm a hundred percent convinced by looking at the pictures of myself, uh, 10 years ago, even 20 years ago. And the mindset that I had back then, that beauty literally, literally starts on the inside. Uh, I, I am trying to put into words what I can see in the pictures by comparing me to me, not me to somebody else, but me to me, in years past when I should have been in my height of beauty at the younger ages and being 50 and comparing and looking, I know that the biggest difference was uh, the lack of peace, um, the, the lack of confidence, the lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we just have seasons Yeah. as mamas and wives. We just have seasons that are tough and we wear it on the outside sometimes. Um, so I, I want to emphasize that my goal when it comes to health and fitness is, um, is the inside health. It's the health that it, it comes from the inside and it shows up on the outside. And what that looks like here is 10 days of a challenge that is going to do just that. It's going to focus on health, not beauty. Beauty is the byproduct. It's the byproduct when you really just align yourself with the best you and you really give your body what it needs and you expect from your body more than you think it can give. (laughs) That is a key. So, and we know that uh, for a very long time, we've been fed a lot of information that is not correct. And why is that? Because science really shied away from the female body because we are really complex. I understand why when they did a lot of studies trying to figure out physiologically how fitness and health works in the human body, they would prefer to study the males, even with rats. Even in the studies with rats, they used male rats because we're just really complex. Everything about our chemistry changes every 28 days. That's that is true. complex. And then everything actually changes in seasons. So I read The Female Brain, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, The Female Brain by Luanne Brizendine. And she talks about how science up until re- recently, was all male-based information for those reasons I just mentioned. And that in there, she also fleshes out how we don't just change every 28 days. We change every year. Our brains literally change. Our hormones, well, we know our hormones don't just fluctuate. They literally change. Anyway, that's getting a little bit more complex. But in this episode, what we're going to try to bring is all the science-backed information that is coming out now and it is kind of new about how females should approach their health and fitness. And we've had a lot of things wrong. And what we're gonna do is line up the 10 aspects that we're gonna talk about in this episode with our 10 day challenge. We just like things being really matchy like that. <laughs> so this 10 day challenge is going to be offered only to our loyal listeners. Um, and this, it, there's gonna be so much information here. And to make that easier for you to refer back to Hold
0: on to your sports bras because we have an irresistible offer for you and just to be clear that doesn't mean you have to do 10 things every day In case you nervous about that <laughs> we're not going to focus on 10 things every day but there's 10 aspects that we want to talk about so we have a big announcement When we started Women of Wild podcast, we knew we wanted it to grow into a more connected and supportive community. Through the podcast, we hope to offer valuable information, inspiring life stories, and connections. But through the community, we hope to offer greater wisdom, impact, love, and dignity on a more intimate level that will result in substantial growth in many areas of your life. We will have a theme for each month, and throughout the month, we will provide live teachings, group coaching sessions, and interactive support through the Facebook group. We hope to create a fun, safe, interactive space that will encourage you and support you and help you to grow into the person you want to become. We all need community, and we hope you can find yours here. So those of you who sign up for the 10-day challenge will get a first free taste of this community. There's no obligation to continue if it's not the right place for you. We are launching in January, but we're going to start just for the people in the challenge in December. And we're going to look at really, we might do some coaching through stressful things in the holidays, as far as if you're having family (laughs) dynamic help that you might need relationally, but also take a look back at this past year so that you can figure out where you want to go next year. Because just like a map, if we don't know where we're starting or where we want to go, we're just going to be wandering around lost. And I've spent a lot of my life doing that, mm-hmm. but I'm learning that it's helpful to do these reflection and vision type exercises. So that's where we want to start since the end of the year is coming up. Yeah, we
1: don't want to be like a ping pong ball, just letting life toss us to and fro. We really want to be like, you know, we want to be the, the ship master, right? We want to steer the ship. We don't just want to let the winds steer us Um, and having a plan is really important. And yeah, like you said, the 10 things we're going to talk about are just things that we've approached incorrectly in, in our past information of understanding how women's bodies work. And then just things that are important to really include in your daily. And I, I really stress this, (laughs) the daily part of taking care of yourself. We shouldn't take care of ourselves weekly or monthly. It really Should be a daily, and I know what those seasons are like when you're in sleep deprivation. But let's start with water. I mean, real basic. Let's just start with water. Now, how much water are we supposed to be taking in? Now, all these challenges are like you got to drink a gallon of water a day. Well, if you weigh 95 pounds, that is not healthy. (laughs) I mean, obviously, there is got to be some sort of mathematical equation based on size and and activity. Um, And what else you're eating and drinking? So the, the formula I like to go by is half your body weight in ounces, half your body weight in ounces. That's what you should be at the minimum drinking. Now, if, if that's the minimum, and then you go run 10 miles, you probably need to increase your water intake above your baseline. That should be your baseline. If you're drinking a ton of coffee that depletes you. If you're drinking a, a uh, substantial amount of alcohol. Well, we know what that does to the body. It dehydrates you. So you need to be able to adjust that baseline based on what you're taking in and what you're exerting, how much your activity level is.
0: Um, so that's water. That's number one. That. I have a question about water. Does sparkling water or adding like those little vitamin packs and things to the water change? That change amount? the amount of water
1: you should drink? Mm-hmm.
0: It depends on what you're adding to the water. Well, like, you know, those liquid IVs or some kind of vitamin pack. They're all, people add all kinds of stuff to water now or sparkling water. Does that count as water or is it just plain water?
1: I asked this question too. I'm like, coffee is made with water. I'm like, <laughs> why can I count that? Um, as a rule of thumb for me, if it stays clear, it is water. Whether it's got bubbles or not, bubbles really doesn't change it. But if you add, I mean, I do add water flavoring. You can see it. <laughs> you can, I do add water flavoring. I do have like, I'm, a, I'm not going to give like a particular brand promo, but I like to add those little packets that have probiotics and things like that. To me, if it's a vitamin and water, it's still water. I don't think there's much of a difference between taking a handful of vitamins and drinking water that still counts and putting the vitamins in the water something that uh, one of my friends started because I would just drink water, coffee and tea. That was all that I was drinking. And when I would go out to restaurants, one of my friends, I'll give Sa- uh, Sandra a, a shout out here. Sandra is like, I'll have a um, sparkling water with
0: lime. Well, that's so much nicer than
1: just I'll have an nice water. That's I love that.
0: My husband, Sean will order that. And he would do the sparkling water with lime and a little bit of cranberry. And he was trying to get it named after him. So he would be like, can I have a (laughs) Sean? And he's been trying to train the waitresses and waiters to to know what he's talking about.
1: Oh, that's so great. Classic. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about calorie intake. And these are not going to hit in any kind of importance order, but they're the order that they came to my mind as like, these are the high points that are discussed a lot amongst females when it comes to health and fitness. So calories as a whole, that is so unique to where your starting point is, what other problems is your body experiencing and your age, your activity level. Calories is a unique thing. Uh, But there is a way to make it a little simpler. You have to get your baseline. First of all, the baseline of what your caloric intake is just to function, just to be alive and awake and breathing. And there's all these other systems that are functioning while we're not thinking about it, the involuntary systems that are actually burning calories. So what is our baseline? There's an online calorie formula that you could do instead of teaching you the entire algebraic equation that has to be broken down right here. which just isn't fun to listen to just use the calculator we're going to have it in our show notes there's a hyperlink you basically put your age body size uh, height weight um, all that stuff in there and it calculates for you and i want to tell you that calculator was 2.2 percent off from having an actual body scan so it was that close to being perfect for me when i had a physical body scan to tell me what all of my ranges were, my body fat percentage and all that, this calorie calculator was spot on. So it's fairly accurate. And then that gives you your baseline, just a mention of macro counting. So macros is a, a little bit different than just the calories. Macros is where you break up your fat, your good fats, your protein, and your carbs, good carbs. And that gets into a whole new set of understanding how to how to do your calories and that's where I would say a trainer is really helpful there they're they're going to a private trainer even if it's just online we'll talk about that in just a minute but macro counting is a whole nother level of calorie intake and tracking Um, but I just want to mention that because if you wanted to do some research there's also macro count calculators that you can do online that help you figure that out it's not as difficult of a Of a mathematical equation is just your basic calorie intake, but it is a little bit complicated to just talk about. So, just mentioning that. So, after you have your baseline calorie intake, then you have to know what your goals are. Because if you are wanting to lose weight, then you have to be in a deficit. If you are wanting to gain weight, you obviously have to be um, over your baseline. And if you're already in a bodybuilding scenario, then are you bulking? Are you cutting? Are you maintaining? You know, where are you on your goals? And that's going to decide how you go up or down from there. If you're wanting to lose weight, the general rule of thumb is drop 500 below your baseline. That's the deficit range that you should be in. So if, if your baseline is 2000 calories a month, you want to probably drop that down to 1500 calories. I said per month per day, (laughs) 1500 calories per day while you're trying to lose weight. If you're in a bulking, you're probably going to want to go into a 500 overage increase over that while you're trying to bulk, but that's all based on goals. So there was this thing that went around for a long time that like 1200 calories was the magic number for a woman. And that's the part where I want to kind of bring in, like, I think a lot of people knew that and 1200 was where they were trying to hit it. 1200 calories also is not enough. That's not enough food to be awake on a normal eight-hour day. If you have a job, you're burning calories. If you have an intellectual job, you're burning even more calories. I can't imagine how much Elon Musk burns just an in intellectual calorie no. burn. <laughs> and if you're constantly starving, you're not going to sustain that for very long. <laughs> so you have to make sure what you're eating is good. It's good, it's nourishing,
0: right? I really thought, so this, on those lines that you're talking about, I did a program and After doing it for a while, it was a fasting for 16 hours a day. And then you would eat in that eight hour period and you would count the macros. But if you ended up at a plateau, they would actually increase your calories and have you eat more. And then you might end up losing more weight or losing more fat. But it was interesting. It was kind of counterintuitive to what we would think that you would have to decrease, but it was an increase in healthy foods that actually got you out of that stuck place if you got there. You know, it, it doesn't always work the way we have been taught in the past.
1: The, the reason is we think that it's just math and it's not. Your body's actually pre-programmed. God really understood a lot more than we did. And when he programmed our bodies to function in famine and feast seasons, our body knows how to adapt to that. So the reason why you had, and the key word that you said was healthy foods, increase your calories in healthy foods. It's not just, don't just go eat cheesecake. That's not going to help your plateau. It's got to be healthy foods. So when your body plateaus, most of the time, that's because it's gone into a a starvation mode for lack of a better term. It thinks there's a famine that there's not enough and you have to tell it there's more than enough. And, And then it snaps out of that. Um, so it's almost like your, your, um, metabolic rate has its own brain and it fluctuates with what it thinks is happening in the world between feast and famine. And it adapts. We're, we're amazing. Our bodies are such amazing machines. I think that's just crazy. Amazing. And they've done studies where, um, you know, your system starts to shut down when in a starvation or a famine, a famine, sorry, excuse me, a famine season, women's bodies, will go into a place where they don't ovulate because it doesn't make sense for a body to reproduce when there's not enough food. Right. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so if a a woman's body fat content, like percentage body fat decreases below 14%, chances are you're going to lose your period because your body thinks you're in a famine, that there's not enough to sustain further life. It's programmed very wisely. And we try to basically manipulate the wise system, We keep trying to go, okay, we want this to happen. We want this to happen. And I think that that's fantastic that you brought that up because it just shows how great our body is. The more I learn, the more fascinated I am. Yeah. All right. Which takes us into what is going on around us becomes our habits. Um, As moms, we often survive on what's left on our kids' plates. That is a terrible habit to start. First of all, that's not enough food. Make your own plate. And second of all, that the habit of that, we are not the garbage disposal and the kids often eat things we should not, right? (laughs) So habits surrounding our eating. When I did that fast a couple of years ago, and I I was 125% committed to it being, I'm not going to cheat. There was not going to be a cheat. There wasn't going to be a cheat day, cheat meal, cheat week. There wasn't going to be a cheat. During that 40 days, I didn't socialize. I didn't go to parties. I didn't celebrate happy birthday. (laughs) I didn't eat your cake. And I found Mm -hmm. myself outside of my conscious commitment to do that, struggling the most with my habits that were subconscious. Mm -hmm. There's so many habits that we pick up about what goes in our mouth. It's almost like if you could just put duct tape over your mouth and count how many times you hit that duct tape accidentally, not even meaning to not hungry you're just popping it in your mouth because it's around and i know offices corporate there was always donuts and croissants and muffins in the break room i mean that's and then your gifts that come in from clients are always (laughs) these great gift baskets with all the chocolates and decadence you know i mean it's always stuff around our culture as a whole we love sugar americans love sugar and I think that what we do a lot of times when we socialize, because everything in our culture it surrounds food and alcohol, we overeat. Mm-hmm. We overeat very easily when we are in a socializing situation because we're not in tune with our bodies. Our, our focus is outward and we just are in a doing mode and we just keep doing. Yeah. So parties and stuff, super easy to overeat, but it's also super easy to overeat when you're bored. And you're alone, and it is quiet, and you're not in a social atmosphere. So, really, staying in tune with your body and disciplining your enough, uh, yourself enough to stop when you are full or satisfied. There, you know, we have this thing about full being the place of "I'm not nauseous yet." Right. Don't wait until you're nauseous. <laughs> you know, if you're satisfied, stop. There's no reason to keep going.
0: Um, no, I noticed that too when I when I'm counting keeping track of what I eat, I don't nibble as many little things really because I don't want to bother adding them into the (laughs) tracker. But I do notice that too, if I'm cooking dinner or in the kitchen, I'll just be snacking on things because they're there.
1: It's like spending. It's like spending money. If you have cash in your hand, it's almost like, well, I mean, it doesn't have an assignment yet. Let's give it an assignment. I need this new nail polish, you know, it's just nickel. You'll nickel and dime yourself to death Mm -hmm. Um, and foods the same way. Tracking is a great way to curb that. There's that whole thing between moderation, you know, not letting it get obsessive, but to begin the habit and to break habits, tracking is a great way to just bring awareness to something you're not aware of.
0: Well, it's something I wouldn't have noticed until I was having to notice it.
1: Yeah, and it's a job, it's
0: a job to track. (laughs) What apps are you using? What app did you use? So I've used MyFitnessPal, and that one is pretty easy to use, and I would That's the
1: one I like. Mm
0: -hmm. We're
1: not getting sponsored by that, but we do like Uh, that. A lot of the
0: foods in there, you can just scan the barcode.
1: You can, and there's a lot of recipes, and there's a lot of uh, bloggers, recipe bloggers, that are putting all the recipes in that app, so if you make a a recipe from their stuff—it's already there. You can just choose your portion size. I love that; it's so good. And you can change your goals up and down as your macros change, as your calorie intake changes. You can change it and shift it up and down. I like it. I love that
0: app. And I haven't used it in a while, but when I am tracking things, which I probably should start again, maybe during our 10-day challenge, I'll start trying to do that too. It's really the easiest one to use that I've found so far.
1: And another thing about tracking—if you do it for a few months you will become a lot more accustomed to what a day's intake looks like. And, and you'll, you'll stay within those bounds. It gives you a, it gives you framework. It's Mm -hmm. it's like a good framework for it. Training your brain to know portion size, how often I want to go back to the calories, how often we should eat per day. So you're talking about in a fasting situation, how you got to get all your calories in eight hours, which you can, you just have bigger meals. And, And of course, when you work outside the home and you work corporate you're going to have probably three meal a day habit, and that's going to be more than sufficient. You're just going to have to be really creative and good about staying within your three meals and a snack, or some, or maybe two snacks. I work from home, so uh, my trainer kind of gave me permission to do this, even though I was kind of doing it already. I eat almost every two hours, but I don't eat huge meals every two hours. I don't eat a three course meal every two hours, but I eat almost every two hours now. Even if I do eat a big meal. <laughs> In two hours I'm gonna be hungry again because my body has grown to okay. expect it by the clock. <laughs> Let's debunk what cardio is and what cardio is not. What what was your teaching? What was your thinking about
0: cardio? I used to think, so this will give you an idea. When I was a sophomore in high school, I joined the cross country team because I was thinking, well, if I do this, then I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> and I was young and a teenager and I pretty much could but my thinking was I don't have to think about it I can eat all this junk and run because I'm burning all these calories but I thought the same thing I've learned that really it's what you eat not what you do physically is <laughs> more where the body shaping comes from right. you can work out all the time and eat a tarot I mean I've done it I've done tons of workouts and not changed my eating and I really don't look any different I'm sure I have muscle in there but it's not, it doesn't change things like eating nutritionally does. Right. And I, I hate cardio. I'll just say (laughs) that's my least favorite. I'll go for walks. I don't like running. I don't like, I don't like breathing (laughs) 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 heavy. I'll just say. Fair enough. I don't like swimming. I like playing tennis and doing things like that, but I just, I think it's boring. I don't know. I know some people love, I've got a friend who's a running coach and a lot of friends that like, they just live to run. And I, I never got that. I don't have that thing, whatever it is. I've never gotten a runner's high. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just It's the, okay. Yeah. The runner's
1: high. We'll come to that. That's because <laughs> before I started lifting, I, I thought cardio was the end all be all of, of fitness that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And the harder you breathe, the, the more your body was going to be amazing, right? The more you sweat, the longer you're on the treadmill, the harder you go on the stair step or whatever it is that this is the key to rock hard body.
0: Right. Mm-mm. <laughs> I just want to die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's old thinking. So the, the thing is though, everybody keeps talking about now, like Women should not do cardio to lose weight, but it's kind of giving cardio a bad name. Cardio does have benefits. It's a good thing. Cardio is a good thing. And if you don't love it, stay away from it. But if you love it, don't hide from it. I mean, there's, depending on what you're working on, you know, my trainer's like, you can't do cardio yet, but I want to do cardio. I mean, I I like it. I like the runner's high. I like getting to the place where it almost feels like you're going to die and then you break through that. And then on the other side of death is like this euphoric feeling (laughs)
0: I haven't made it there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how
1: many times I chased that high and how many hours I spent in cardio. My body never responded the way I wanted it to. I will agree with that. It never responded. Uh, my heart's probably pretty healthy. I don't know. I mean, it's for cardiovascular health. It is, it is good. And, and what you're trying to say is like, I tried to do the same thing. I tried to create the calorie deficit with the treadmill. That doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I wanted to go home and eat my cheesecake and then just go burn it off right you know cuz it tells you you know on the little digital pad when you put in all your stats you've just burned 500 calories all right my cheesecake is gone right what? so <laughs> that's not how it works
0: cardio is not a great way for losing weight no i had a trainer years ago and he said abs are made in the kitchen yep you can do all the sit ups you want that's not what gives you nice abs
1: all muscles I I would, I would increase that to your entire muscular structure is created by what you put on the plate and what you put in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the stress we use at the gym is less than 50%. It's basically what we put in our body and then what we tell our body to do with it. And so in that communication back and forth between, uh, okay, so we're not farmers anymore and we're not doing all this heavy labor anymore. We're doing a lot of um, office work and what we're doing, sitting here in front of a computer Stretching here, <laughs> <I'm> just, yeah, <laughs> and we we're falling apart because we're sitting at a computer. <laughs> we're having technical issues, but because of that, we don't have enough tension and stress on the body. One uh, of I, I think I've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again. My chiropractor told me this great story about how they did a study on tennis players, which you can appreciate how they because they are dominant with one arm, so they studied. The difference between the muscular structure of the one arm to the one that they use compared to what they don't use and how the bones were healthier hmm. obviously the muscles were immensely healthier in the arm that is being used all the time but what's happening to the one that's not getting the tension all the time is it's breaking down it's not just weaker or less structured the bone is actually breaking down and and it's softer and so he, he said, the more stress you put on your body, we're not talking about emotional, mental stress. We're talking stress, picking up heavy stuff. The more stress you put on your body, the healthier your body is. Your body is made to pick up heavy stuff.
0: <laughs> I never thought of it that way.
1: We were meant to do that. And when we don't do that, our bodies begin to break down because that's what it's designed to do. And we, we don't give it that that purpose, it just begins to stop working. It's like the brain when you when you don't use the speech part of it, when you learn a second, third, fourth language, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's yeah. the same thing with your body. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. Um, but the, the good thing is what I think is amazing is the body can start at any point. I mean, if you are still breathing and your body is still able to move, you can start at any point and start turning the clock back. And that's what I love. Yeah. All right. So we hit four points. We got water intake, calorie intake, habits surrounding our eating, cardio. The next one is lifting heavy stuff, lifting weights. Why is this so important? We just talked about it. Stressing our bodies is what it's designed to do. Going back to the cardio. The reason cardio doesn't sustain weight loss the way muscle does is because muscle literally, even while you're sleeping, burns calories. It takes calories to maintain muscle. So the more muscle you have, the more it burns, the more your body's burning, which is why on like, like these shows like Naked and Afraid, it's always the muscular man that is really dropping out fast. He needs his protein. (laughs) He is not going to sit in a starvation mode very long. (laughs) In those situations, those that have a little thick layer to them, they're probably going to do great. (laughs) Those are the worst muscle.
0: (laughs) Now, actually, I like lifting weights. That is something I like. And I've been working with a trainer twice a week since March. And so I am doing that. I, I'm not doing nothing for my health, but I know that the eating piece is the one that I'm missing and need to improve on. But I think that is really important to lift weights and build muscle, especially for women who are getting up there a little bit, because we do you know, my grandmother had osteoporosis and, um, you know, there's just problems that happen with women as they age, if we don't continue building muscles. And so that, and I do like that, but I know like everything it's balance, (laughs) and (laughs) need to do a little bit of everything. And, and I, we started with a trainer. My husband actually started before I did. He's been working now about a year and a half with someone because he got injured The injury combined with seeing several people retire and then their health declined so quickly that they couldn't enjoy that retirement, got him thinking, if I don't start now, I'm not gonna get to enjoy that time when I'm retired. So he started really a better health journey and then I joined him with that. And the eating part is the one we both need to work on, but it's easier for him he can eat. If I ate half of what he ate, I'd probably be 300 pounds. And he just can consume five Reese's peanut butter cups a day and maintain weight, (laughs) which I'm not condoning that. That's
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. It's so unfair. Like you just, we're two very different beings, males and females physiologically. We're just very different. I mean, this when a male wants to lose weight, you know all the
0: jokes. Oh. He just has to think or about hair. About it and he's okay. lost five pounds, and I'll be struggling and starving for a month and lose maybe one if I'm lucky. It's like. Right. Yeah. The struggles
1: are what? Well, in
0: lifting weights, what's your favorite part of the b- body that you like to work out? I like legs, I guess, because they're the strongest for me. And I've always been pretty good at lifting legs. And again, that's where the trainer really helps me because we do so much upper body that I would not do because I don't really like it back and shoulders and, and abs. Those are things I would probably not do very often if I was making my own plan. Mm -hmm. And so I need that because I know it's important to do all those. Yeah. It's not just the bottom half of my body.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't want to be out of proportion. That would be weird. (laughs) That's interesting. So legs are my favorite too. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I think when I, when I look at other women, it's the legs that I'm like, she has got some fantastic legs. Right. And it was actually my trainer. I saw her post something on Instagram and I hit her up like, okay, whatever you're doing, sell it to me because you have amazing legs. (laughs) And it was my most insecure part. That was what I was most insecure about. And I guess that's why my focus went straight to legs, but the burn in the legs is something that I, I, that burn, that kind of pain is it triggers goodness in my brain. The burn in my abs makes me want to throw up. I hate working abs. (laughs) (laughs) Hate it. Yeah. It is what it is So It's the beast. I just, you know, I touch base there every once in a while. I'm actually in a 28 day challenge right now with my friends and we're doing this uh, one challenge that does a hundred of a different exercise every day on the abs. And we're, we're on day 11 today. And oh. so we've done like, it's a different exercise every day and you do a hundred of them. And so right now I'm dying.
0: You like, have to do it all at once or can you break no, it? No,
1: one a day. Oh, well, and I mean, then. I mean some of them are kind of easy like yesterday was uh russian twists mm-hmm. you know you're kind of laying where you, you know you have a ball and you're doing twists and that was you know i blew through that pretty easy but the day with like full sit-ups not crunches but full sit-ups uh that trashed my abs like i could i couldn't breathe the next day <laughs> like, ow, it hurts. laughing right now is very painful um okay so let's get on to the the rest of the lifting weights part. So this, this is the most intimidating thing to do for women because we don't understand it. We don't do it. If you have a gym membership, you see all these muscle heads over there at the free weights and the machines and machines are intimidating. And it's like, where do you start? And how do you do it? The technique. and And it's just like riding a bike. Like nobody wants to do that in front of an audience, <laughs> but that's kind of what you have to do unfortunately, the cool thing that I have found out, if you do have a gym membership, other people that obviously have been there for a hot minute, love to share information. It is an ego boost when you ask them, how do you do that? Am I doing this right? How do you use this machine? They love it. They all love it. They love to be useful. People love to be useful. And when you do that, they, they know that you are looking at them like they have wisdom that you don't, which automatically increases and makes them puff up like a, you know, a peacock. Yeah. So I kind of made it a habit for me to look around at somebody that I could help boost their ego because I didn't know what I was doing. And my kiddo helped me out a lot in the beginning because he just was a researcher by nature. And he would do these little YouTube university sit downs of research and come up with little routines and stuff and help me out. But sometimes I wanted to learn what this girl was doing. You know, this girl has legs, right? And I'm looking at her like, how do you do that squat right there? What what is that called? And how many do I do it? And what weight do I start with? And how should it feel? They love to share that information. Um, My go-to person is Brett Contrera. That was the person, um, my friend that really got me into working out and lifting. Um, she was the one that first turned me on to Brett Contrera. You can look up his videos on YouTube. He's called the glute guy because that was the place that I wanted to focus most. It was my most insecure place. Um, I was very attracted to all the things that he says to do. And he really focuses on, I mean, he does it for men and women, but he does focus a lot on women's form what exercises to do, how to get the most gains out of your time. You don't wanna keep doing reps if you're doing them wrong. You know, you don't wanna leave gains on the table. So having good technique, you can watch his videos, but don't start there. I think a good starting place is just, just start. Don't worry about it, do lighter weights. As you start to get comfortable just in that space in the gym or at home, you know, the, the beautiful part about being in the age of information is it's all available. I think where it comes down to when do you need to hire a coach is when you start realizing that you're not finding what you need or very specific information about you. You know, this is, I'm not getting the response or results that I'm looking for here. How can I change this? Is it a rep thing? Is it a, set thing is it the weight thing is it how often I'm hitting that area you know those are the things that coaches will help you with and it becomes much more custom at that point but ideally connecting with a coach early on um once you decide that you want to do it
0: that's ideal cuz then you're not wasting any time right and i think if you don't know at all what you're doing it's a good way to that would be a way to go just so you don't hurt yourself technique in some way you know squats if you're not standing right you're gonna hurt your knees or your back or um but yeah i think those are great suggestions and and we've even used the machines you know because they're already set up for your body pretty much and those can be a great starting point i think
1: yeah most gyms do have like the qr code too now So if you go in, you have a machine that you're not familiar with, you can usually scan it and it gives you a breakdown of exactly how to use it and all the different ways you can use it and all the different muscles that you can work out with that. And I love the machines. I love the cable machines. I think they're great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know there's like a controversy, whether it's free weights or machines, but when you're starting out, it's all gains. It is all gains. Like that first few months, enjoy it because I wish I could get back there. (laughs) That was like the big oh my gosh, look what my body is doing. And then it does plateau out. And it, it's, it's harder and harder to get those gains. The longer you're, you're probably already experiencing that. Like after, you, you still see gains after six, eight months, but it slows down heavily. Building muscle. Actually building muscle, what does that look like? How do you do that? First, it comes to the sufficient amount of calories. So when you start weight training, if you want to actual build those muscles, you have got to make sure that you are eating a tremendous amount of protein, <laughs> a tremendous amount of protein. It's not just calories, it's protein. There is a formula for how much protein, but if you get on the calculator that is going to be in our show notes and, or you get on the app, the MyFitnessPal pal, and you put in there what your goals are. If you put in there that you're trying to build, it's going to manipulate your macros the way you need to. I'd have to say uh, one of the rules of thumb is 1.5 grams of protein per one pound lean body weight. And that that's broke down by that cow. It's not like not my total body weight because I don't want to feed my fat. I want to feed the protein to my muscle. So what muscle weight do I have? And that gets broken down in that calculator. So once you know what your lean muscle weight is, then you can calculate 1.5 of that. And that's how many base grams you need of protein a day. That's for women. Men need more than that. But for women, it's 1.5. There's no end to the resources that you're going to find on fitness especially now. It's just uh, because so much information is coming out. That's a little bit different for women. So this is where you could get totally overwhelmed. It's almost like looking up curriculum for homeschoolers. There's so much information. What my, my advice to you is if you're going to buy into any kind of system or online coaching or routines, if you're going to, um, you know, cause you could just buy a routine. Coaches can, can put together the, what you need to do and what day and how you know, break it down for you and just hand it to you. If you want to be spoon fed that you can buy it. Find somebody that you trust that emulates what you are trying to achieve and ride their coattails. I mean, I do that across the board,
0: not just with workouts. I do that with everything.
1: <laughs> do that with you. I'm riding your coattails.
0: <laughs> I guess we all do that in some ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the right way to do it. And you're going to be, if you get online and start doing research, you're going to see so, so much and you're going to get, you're going to get overwhelmed. So I would just say, find the person that, that emu- that you want to emulate and follow them because they've got the know-how to get you where you want to go. All right. That's a brief overview. So we're going to hit number six, which is just a brief thing on intermittent fasting. Um, you had brought that up earlier. Intermittent fasting, one of the uh, resources that I listen to a lot is Dr. Huberman. He has YouTube podcasting and he does very long podcasts. It's very sciencey, but it's for the layman. It is for the person that is not a doctor or a scientist. I can consume his information. It is a lot. So he is a neurologist, but he breaks it down into how neurology affects the rest of the biology and he connects it with fitness and health. He talks a lot about hormones, appetite control, dopamine, energy level, immunity, focus, um, you know, brain fog. And so he's got a lot of information about fasting being directly connected
0: to the benefits of all those things. I will say when I was doing it, I did like the way I look. I think I lo- I was able to lose in that amount of time, the belly fat that never went away any other way. That made a big difference for me. I just couldn't, it wasn't a lifestyle I wanted to maintain for a long period of time. And this was daily for like 6 weeks doing the 16-hour fast daily. And it really did it was it would be a great jump start, but I just couldn't keep it going forever and needed to probably transition into something that was healthier rather than just back to regular <laughs> eating, but I it does work. And I did feel good. I just would be hungry at night or in the morning. And it was hard to go those a couple extra hours were tough.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I think a lot of people will start out with a big one like that. Like 6 weeks. And then I think that you can change to a more maintenance, maybe committing to one day a week or maybe a couple of days a month. I know a lot of people that do fasts and cleanses quarterly. Mm -hmm. That's not really considered intermittent fast. Intermittent is really like more part of your lifestyle, but fasting as a whole, just practicing a fast, whether it's a weekly, monthly, or quarterly or yearly, is something that Dr. Huberman talks about it way better than I can. But um, the way the body, neurologically and biologically, is affected by longer periods of time between eating. I'm not great with it. <laughs> I don't I don't like to not eat. I like to eat every two hours. <laughs> Did I mentioned that <laughs> it's not something that I practice often. I think you have to really know your body and the other things that are going on. So if you have diabetes, it's probably not something that you want to do or start out with. I would say this is going to be one that you probably need to enter with caution and with your doctor's advice, mm-hmm. because it is. If there's any other diagnosis in the body, this is going to be one that can either exasperate or uh, make it better. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of that one. So check with your doctor before you start it and do your research. Dr. Huberman will put his information in the show notes. And number seven, this is the fun one. Menopause, perimenopause, premenopause, menopause. How does that affect women's fitness, exercise, weight loss, metabolic rate. We have always been taught that when we enter menopause or premenopause, that our metabolism start, stops. And that's why women gain weight. That is not true. Metabolic rate actually doesn't change. What changes is when we don't continue to stress our body and we lose muscle that our insulin increases in our body because muscle is the most insulin sensitive tissue in our body. It eats it up, right? And if we don't have something in our body that's gonna eat that up, what happens? The insulin increases and so does our fat. Um, So we must increase our muscle mass to be able to maintain our weight. Uh, Metabolic rate is not something that stops. Who started that? What was that rumor? I don't know, I believed it until this second. (laughs) Oh, well, I want to tell you that I keep saying lift heavy stuff. And that's the kind way to say the tagline for Stacey Sims. She's a PhD that studies metabolic, well, not just metabolic menopause. She studies the female body and she is a great um, resource. She's got a book called next level and it is all science backed information on the female body and health and fitness. And how menopause affects and it does affect us at some point our tissue will begin to change and i've got a friend that just celebrated her one year so it's like one year when you can go exactly one year without your cycle showing up you are officially in menopause like Uh with menopause so she literally just had a celebration of finished menopause Uh and she said she can tell a difference with her body her skin feels different her um, her tissue feels softer. Interesting. Like, yeah. And I think that we're not meant to be here forever. Eventually, we will not be here. And eventually, our body will show signs of how long we've been here. We can prolong that. That's what we can do. That's what we're talking about here is just prolonging the quality of life while we're here. I have one person that I am tracking. I cannot wait. I just believe it. And I'm just going to speak it out. A 70 year old woman. That's a bodybuilder that we will have on the show at some point. And she looks hot and is 70 and talk about riding the coattails. She doesn't know it yet, but I am riding her coattails straight into 70. <laughs> she is my poster child of what I'm going to be when I'm 70,
0: but you got to start now, right?
1: Yes. Yes. You know what? I don't even know how long she's been doing this. That's a good question. That'll be question number one. When did you start? Because at 70, she looks amazing. And I had somebody ask me one time, you know, because, you know, it's so cool to go out and drink all the time. Nobody thinks twice about asking you, well, do you have a drinking problem? No, no. It's just part of culture. But when you go to the gym a lot, do you feel like you're getting obsessed about this a little bit? I've been questioned more than a few times on that yes, I am according to, you know, standards, but it's better to be obsessed with this than a million other things I could possibly be obsessed with. (laughs) And they asked me, you know, well, what, what's your goal? What's, what's the end goal? I was like, end goal. My end goal is to do this until I die. I am going to do this until I die. (laughs) I might die doing it. I'd be okay with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It could be worse.
1: (laughs) It could be worse. All right. Number eight. I'm so guilty of this. I threw this in here because I was corrected by my friend that got me into lifting weights and she was so gentle and sweet in doing it. I made mention about, I want to eat something tomorrow, like cheesecake probably. So I'm going to do an extra something at the gym. She was like, do not do that. What are you doing? You know, and this is the punishment reward system. This is a frame of mind. It's a mindset, a punishment reward system. And I think when we start doing the punishment reward, we kill the joy of fitness. There is a lot of joy to be had in fitness. I mean, you don't have to run on the treadmill. I know you don't like that, but there is joy to be had in fitness. It can be fun. Not just what you see in the mirror later. I mean, actually going to the gym and just being in your head with your headphones for two hours and feeding off the energy of the others. I just love that. But the punishment reward system is when you do just that. It's a flip-flop of between you're either in punishment mode because of what you did or didn't do, ate or didn't eat, or you're in reward. I did an extra set, so I'll reward myself with an extra drink. You know, when you do that, you're just undoing. It's an undoing of the goodness of health and fitness, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I think that's a big one for a lot of people. And it takes, I think the motivation is what, what is the motivation behind all that? And I'm guilty of these things. I just yesterday, my daughter came home the other day and we went to the grocery store and she bought these whoopie pies, chocolate whoopie pies, which I was like, don't buy those. I don't want to have those in the house. She didn't take them back to school with her. (laughs) And so Last, yesterday, I was like, I really want to eat one of these. And I was discouraged. And I was trying on clothes for that event tonight. And I didn't like it, how I looked. But I was like, well, I can't look better by tomorrow anyway. So I'm just going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so, So there's that like self-sabotage when I can't get the results as quickly as I want. So why bother? And then that's, I don't know if that's the same as the punishment and reward, but that was something I noticed because I knew this episode was coming up and I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing to myself. And I did it anyway, but I'm noticing it. That, right. You know, that is not, even though it won't get me to where I want to be by Friday,
1: mm-hmm. I'm
0: still putting something in my body that really has no benefit other than taste. It has the benefit of taste, I suppose, but nothing really that's going to make me healthier or stronger or anything, get me towards the goals that I have. How do you feel about it now? You know, it's, I'm not going to hang on to it. I'm not. And that that's part of the reason I started the way I did. I was like, this is hard for me. And there is junk in my house all the time. And I don't buy it. It comes in my husband, my kids, they are sugar addicts. And <laughs> I have a hard time. If it's not here, I'm Okay but it's hard for me when it's in the house. And mm-hmm. so, and I'll get rid of it all. And then they just bring it back in. So <laughs> I'm not sure how to, that's the tough part for me. I've got to figure out a way to let it go, but that's, that's tough.
1: Well, the good thing is, is I have sweet tooth too, and I've included in the 10 day challenge, which we're going to have the freebie download sweet treats that are guilt free. So. And when, when you taste those, and you realize how wonderful they are and you keep a batch of those in your freezer and you have a choice between whoopee and that. Now you have a choice. Now you have a choice that's guilt-free, you right. know? So that's really what we got to do is how can we, because your brain did get a benefit from it.
0: Mm-hmm. Your
1: brain told you to do I, that. I, I, I your brain loves it.
0: sugar. I will say I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There's, there is pleasure in it. That's the reason we want it. Your brain's like, uh-huh. Eat that right there. Cause I love sugar. I love glucose. Love it. <laughs> so when we replace it with something that's guilt-free and something a little bit better for your body, I think that that's where the behavior can shift because you're aware of it. You want it. Now you're in a fight with yourself because you're like, well, I want it. But uh, but 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 and you're in your head wrestling. But if you had another option there, you could have gone. I'm just going to go here and get this and. And maybe this will satisfy that brain, that brain that is just working against us. <laughs> I know.
0: It's like, I'll just eat them all so they go away. <laughs> you know, That's the other thing.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about what we're including in that. We've got two more things that we're going to bring up. But before we bring those up, let's talk a little bit about what they get. If they join this 10-day challenge with us, what is this beautiful thing that you have created for us? It is so beautiful. I'm so in love with it. I'm just... I,
0: I love it. I it's an ebook and it comes with challenge. The plan for the challenge is going to be having some water every day, some movement every day and eating clean every day. But it comes with suggestions and it comes with recipes for the 10 days. Some of them repeat. There's not 10 days of breakfast, lunch and dinner, but I think there's at least four.
1: There's Four. Yeah. I did that on purpose because when I meal plan, if it's not simple, I won't maintain it. So it's a habit of meal planning for four days in advance, three to four days. So I think I did three, six, and then one. Mm-hmm. So I did days one through three breakfast, lunch, and dinner days four through six breakfast, lunch, and dinner or four, five, yeah. six, and seven, eight, nine. I think I did that. And in that way, you're not having to prep Meals every single day. It, the idea is to prep it in advance so that you already know what you're going to eat so you can minimize how many choices that you're making. If you just minimize how many choices you're making, you have less room to make bad choices.
0: <laughs> right. And there's some snacks in there too. And the recipes actually look really delicious. And I'm excited about trying them. And I also know that, you know, in our group for the challenge, if you have allergies or you don't like shrimp or something, We'll talk about substitutions that would work for those. Yeah. But no, they really look delicious, and I'm excited, and and not too difficult either. They're simple recipes to make. Um, they don't seem overly, you know, if you don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time to cook. They don't seem like they're hard to put together. They're not, and. In-
1: and they're also they're, they're tweakable, like you said. Mm-hmm. The, everything is, is is optional. You can always tweak the protein, which are, if you want to change out the protein, or if you wanted to switch out the the spices, if you don't like spice, because I do add, I I love bold flavors and I love spice. And all of these recipes are tried and true. They're not these are not like copied and pasted and from nowhere. Filled. These are my staples. I eat these constantly. And I only included the ones that I knew that everybody would be like, I could live on this. (laughs) You know, I want to entice people into making good, healthy choices. And that means bold flavors. And that means like bland is just, I'm not going to sell you on bland food. This is
0: good food. It looks good. So that gives me more excitement about doing the challenge as I was working on that. I thought, okay, I could do this. (laughs) We're not just eating salad every day. And I want to tell you, there's I, a salad in there. Is there? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't even eat salad.
1: I, <laughs> I mean, as a side dish, maybe. Yeah. Like, I never eat salad. My mom, I remember her saying when I was on the 40 day fast, it was maybe shortly after. She was like, You must eat a lot of salads. I was like, I never eat salad. Never. It's almost insulting to eat a salad for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, that's the, typical thing that every, that's another thing. It's like, I, you know, I know all along we have to eat like a rabbit in order to look thin. Cause thin was always the way we're sold that a good woman should look thin. Okay. Like, can we change that? And, uh, let me be long strong. She is my friend. I'm just going to give her the name, be long strong. She is the one that got me into all of this. And she is the one that subtitled this. It's a, it should be a hashtag strong, not thin. -hmm. Strong, not thin. Isn't it better? Don't you want to be strong, not a waif? Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to stand firm when the wind blows. Right. You know, and hold on to my children.
0: (laughs) Don't worry, guys. I got you. I am anchored. (laughs) I think at this point, they'll be holding on to you. (laughs) They're men now.
1: I can do that. I know. They tower over me now. All right. Let's hit the last two then. So number nine, practice consistency. This is a discipline for everything, for everything in your life. Everything. Mm -hmm. I I think this is why I like challenges Mm -hmm. because it, it helps me. There's a muscle that doesn't have a name. It's the muscle that is flexed when you don't have motivation. It's that thing that exists inside your brain that overrides comfort, that overrides laziness, it overrides the I don't want to's and it's grit. You know, it's that mental grit muscle that makes you do the thing even when you don't want to do it because your brain is going to tell you to eat that whoopie pie and sit on the couch. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and you got to override it with that, that consistency muscle, that gritty muscle. That's like, Mm-mm, you submit to me. <laughs> so consistency. And it, when you practice consistency for a while, like I came out of the fire on, I came out of the gate on fire when I first started working out because of those first gains, it just happens really so fast. And when I really started seeing my body shift and change in the mirror, I was on fire. I was motivated. I had all this, like, I can't wait to go to the gym. And it was the first thing, like I wrapped the rest of my day around my gym workouts. And then you get a little comfortable, you get a little comfortable. And then, you know, it's starting to get cold and we're in our sweatshirts and nobody wants to go out or it rains. And, or you know, people are getting sick and I'm taking care of the kiddos or whatever. And there's a million reasons not to drive to the gym or not to go to the gym in the basement or not to do the thing that you know that you need to do. And your brain is going to convince you and you have got to get up and do it. And when you have months of consistency, suddenly that brain is going to do that. But it just sounds like a yippy dog. It's mm-hmm. not really loud. You're going to do it anyway. It's almost like the muscle memory. It's the grit that's going to go, I'm overriding this. We're going to do this anyway.
0: I like that. And I've i just read something the other day. It, the topic was prayer and it was someone saying, well, what do I, how do I start? And they said, what you do is you just start and then you keep going. <laughs> <And I>
1: was <laughs> it's was like really that simple.
0: It is. And that's for anything, any topic, any, you know, if you want to lose weight, if you want to have t- quiet time in the morning, spend time reading um, anything you want to do in your life, that that's how you move towards something as you start. <laughs> And then you keep doing it. And it's yeah. never a big, I think rarely in life, giant leaps happen until you've been doing all of a sudden you look back and you see how far you've come, but it just takes consistency. Yeah, It's a rare, we don't like it. Our culture is even worse. You know, I remember them talking about us being so into immediate gratification when I was young and now it's so much worse. Like everything is right at your fingertips. Right. You don't even have to go to the store. You know, we just, right. if we want something, you just click a button and it'll be at your house the next day. Maybe even the same day. <laughs> it's like, right. we don't have to wait for anything. And so time and patience and consistency is really hard.
1: Virtues, practicing the virtues of perseverance. Right. That's what consistency is. It's persevering through wanting to stay comfortable yeah, and choosing comfort um, or coming up with excuses. Mm -hmm. the time constraints or whatever. I mean, what we focus on will be the thing that gets done or grows or increases. I mean, what we focus on, you know, and I know that there's going to be times even now our plates are full. We've got so much going on you and I, and all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks, we've just become so busy that if I didn't have the habit already set in me that I will go work out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would have. I would have already fallen to the side on that. It it would have been pushed to the side. Um, So the longer that you practice consistency, the easier it gets to maintain during those times when you don't want to go. Right. Uh, The tips and tricks for staying the course on the tough days is put your clothes out the night before. If they're out, then you're most likely going to put them on and go. Or put your shoes or your bag or anything by the door that you need to go to the gym, or you know, I I keep saying gym, but that's not the only way that we can do this. You know, YouTube has a thousand workouts on it that you can follow in your home. If you have any free weights, you don't have weights. There's a thousand at-home weights with no at, at home workouts with no weights. Um, so no matter what it is, you have to put in your visual crossings that what you need to do those things: your shoes, your socks, your workout outfit your yoga mat, whatever it is, put it in your path. So you have to cross it. And I think when you have accountability, if we talk about internal motivation and external motivation, that's why challenges are so effective because when you have a group doing it together, accountability, that is a force to be reckoned with. When you know that you have to say to somebody, I didn't work out today. That's going to make you not want to say that.
0: (laughs) I'm anxious about being part of this challenge.
1: Accountability. Yes. It's going to pull you out. It's going to pull you out when you don't want to do it.
0: I'm going to just say right now, you're in charge. (laughs) I'm just a participant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That way I can. (laughs) I was feeling good about it until you put me up front. (laughs) 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 Can we just hire somebody to do this?
0: (laughs) But I need the group. Like I was saying, I can't I won't, I wouldn't do it by myself when my husband's like, I just want pizza tonight. And I'm like, no,
1: (laughs) it's hard with a family. It is hard. Um, you know, remember I'm coming from a place I'm single and I I don't have a man in my home other than my kiddos. And when you have two minds working as one, that influence is very strong. And so there's grace for that. (laughs) There's grace for that. Cause if they're not on the same page and not rowing in the same direction, and they're not really like fanning your goals, you know, fanning the flame of your goals, is going to be hard. I, I, and for those people, I would say, have a sit down. If, if you start the, con- start this challenge with us, have a sit down with your family and let them know what you're working towards and that you really want their support and what support looks like and what support doesn't look like. Yeah. And I think that really helps.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you really want
1: you to succeed.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's all or nothing though. So it's like, we're all in or we're all out. And I'm like, Can't we just sort of eat healthy during the week and have a treat on the weekends, you know? And that's him. And he's like, you know that about me. And I'm like, I know, but.
1: <laughs> well, let's invite him in. He could yeah. be our mascot, our male mascot
0: for this. And, and he is, but I think a- he'll do it with me. He'll have to, cause I'll be cooking the food and. <laughs> let's hire him to lead us. <laughs> It might lead us astray when it comes to the sugar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Last one. Number 10, have a smart plan. And you started this by saying, if you don't know where you want to go, if you don't have a map, you're not going to know how to get there. Absolutely yeah. correct. Everybody starts in January, you know, with the new goals of the year, they all started the gym. The gym was absolutely packed in January. I can tell you it's pretty not packed right now. <laughs> it's November. <laughs> There's a lot of slots available. And I think that the number one reason that people fall away from a fitness plan is because they don't have a plan. They're just going at it willy nilly and willy nilly is one method. It's not an effective method. When you come out of the gates and you know what you're doing on each day, there is a a 90% chance that you are actually going to do it. The less you have to make decisions, the less wrong decisions you're going to make and that's part of it so when you have a plan which is something that you can get from a coach or you can get online there's a lot of people that will give free plans away if you sign up for their whatever you know coaches are often giving a lot of free information away um even if you start something small like that like a little small plan and we're we're only doing 10 days we can do 10 days yes 10 days And in this 10 days, we're just asking for 30 minutes of movement. So that doesn't even have to be in a gym or workout at all. all. You could just go for a walk, right? Um, You can do stretching, do yoga, pull up a video, do anything, just move for 30 minutes. And we're really just starting this at the baseline. But, you know, if you're already in a schedule, you already know what you're doing. So we're just starting this at the bottom, just assuming that let's just get people started in this. Being aware of their body, getting tuned in tune with their body, and having a plan is the way to get through it. And we've already done all that work for you for the ten day challenge, which yes. is wonderful. We
0: yeah. have so, and it it will be available soon. You can sign up on the email, and then we will send it out. I think the weekend of Thanksgiving. That way, you have a couple of days to prepare, but we're going to start the Monday after Thanksgiving,
1: The Monday after Thanksgiving, after our gluttonous holiday, yes. we're going to let you have your freedom, have your fun, enjoy your whoopie pies. And then Monday, we're going to get started and it's just 10 days. We can do anything for 10 days, right?
0: Yes. And we figured that would be a good time to start because you might be ready for some cleaning, eating after that weekend.
1: Yeah, your body's going to be begging you to do this. Just be kind to yourself and sign up. That's the thing to do. (laughs) Be kind. Give the gift of health to your body after Thanksgiving, after all those things. And you know what? By Monday, I'm going to, you know, we should also make part of this. Clean out your refrigerator. (laughs) Get rid of all those leftovers. Get rid of it. It's just not worth it. Throw it away. Or you can put it in the freezer. I mean, if you're just like really adamant of not wasting the food, put it in the freezer whatever can be frozen. You can get after the 11th day, you can come back to it.
0: <laughs> so you put most of this together, but do you have any takeaways or aha moments?
1: I think the one I'm most convicted on that I still work on a lot is the punish punishment reward system. The mindset around what I do, what I eat, what I don't do, what I don't eat is still something that I am working on heavily. Of all 10 things that we have to do. That's probably my biggest challenge point, And that's where I'm going to focus. Um, not just during the challenge, but that's where I'm focusing now.
0: Yeah. I'd say for me, the consistency piece, I'm just seeing that come up over and over in a lot of different areas. And it's one of those, it's like, oh, why is that the answer to everything? <laughs> but it is. And we know that as coaches and we know that just, it's just being consistent and doing, moving a little bit in the Right direction each day towards the path yeah. that I want to go down and make it. You know, I was on a walk this morning, and I was thinking about the two different ways I could choose to go. And I was like, Do I want to take the path of like instant gratitude that where I sacrifice my future, or do I want to start going down the paths that I might sacrifice some comfort now? but that will take me towards the future that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not always the same. Sometimes I think we do need to be in the present and let go of things and enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that it's never right to take that path because I think sometimes it is like, we're gonna go to England next week to visit my daughter. And this may not be the best time to go or whatever, but we're like, we're just going to do it because who knows when we'll ever get to do that again. (laughs) And, you know, right now it's worth sacrificing that time and money to just go and do something in the present that will be rewarding where there's other things that I need to sacrifice now so that the future, you know, like eating the junk food (laughs) or whatever that I, I would like to let go. So those are just things I was thinking about and how, and again, this is. I'm going to do another plug for our community is our goal there for us and for you is to help us maintain the direction on the path that we want to go in. And that doesn't mean we won't ever wander off, but to help each other stay so that we are moving towards our goals and accomplishing the things that we want to accomplish. And I've learned, at least for me, I can't do that alone. I will not do it alone. It's going to
1: be way harder alone.
0: Yeah. And I just won't do it. I'll just, I'll be wandering around in circles.
1: (laughs) You know, it's making me think about the, being able to borrow your friend's strength. You can borrow your friend's strength. When you borrow your friend's strength, you can reach goals that you would not have been able to reach by yourself. Mm -hmm. You can go even further than what you think. Like you may have a goalpost here and then realize, you know, somebody else has has a bigger vision and, and by just being in a sisterhood, in a relationship in accountability in and around other people that are just striving to do the next right thing, the very best they can, that you could go further than you ever imagined. Like there's so much energy
0: to be shared amongst people that have common goals. Yes, I agree. So that's, you know, and it takes consistency (laughs) and community. Um, I'll throw that in there too so I guess it's time to wrap this up until next time (laughs) stay wild. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you liked and what your main takeaways were. We'd also love to know what topics you'd want to hear about on future episodes
1: to connect with us further on social media or to learn more about our services. Click on the links in the show notes or email us at womenofwildpodcast at gmail.com. And if you know anyone that would benefit from hearing this episode, please share it.
0: To continue the discussion about this episode, join us in our private Facebook group. The link will be in the show notes.
1: Until next week, stay wild!